Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading this morning can be found in Matthew's Gospel, the 13th chapter, the first nine verses, and then skipping over to verses 18 through 23. If you're following along in a pew Bible, you can find that passage on page 794. Matthew 13, 1 through 9, and 18 through 23. Listen to the word of God. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on a path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. If you have ears, hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this age and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Father, sanctify us in thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. As you all know, part of genius, the genius of Jesus' teaching was that he was able to put eternal truths into common symbols. His preaching and teaching are full of fig trees and lampstands and pottery and, and vines for, vine branches. One friend of mine said, Jesus serves it in a mug you recognize. But the irony is <laughs> that the power of those parables that used common symbols have kind of lost some of their punch over the centuries because common things then aren't that common now. So we have to explain how little a mustard seed is. 
and how big a mustard bush gets. And it just kind of loses some of its zip after a while. I mean, we don't have that much interaction with mustard bushes. So the preacher has to explain all of that stuff. I suppose if Jesus were doing parables today, there would be stories about iPhones and takeout pizza and carburetors and stuff that is ordinary to us. Well, I hope that today's parable doesn't lose any of its zip because we have to dig around explaining first century agriculture. What I hope happens, what I hope emerges is that eternal truth that's mixed into the sand and the soil and the seed. That's the part I hope comes alive in our time together. So here's the story. Jesus goes by the sea. And so much for a quiet morning with a cup of coffee in the newspaper. Because as soon as he gets down there, the crowds start pressing in. Because here's the miracle worker everybody's been talking about. And the crowd gathers and gathers and gathers. And he needs a little social distancing from this. So he gets in a boat and gets out a little bit from the shore because they keep pressing in. And the boat, when he's out a little distance... The water kind of acts as an amplifier when his voice bounces across the water, and he begins the teaching. And and it seems simple enough. Man goes out to plant seeds. We learn later that it's wheat. And this man is slinging seeds just indiscriminately. He's just slinging. Reminded me when I was, uh, before we moved into our town home, when I was an actual homeowner and had a yard, I had one of those fertilizer things where you would push it and the wheels would make the blades sling fertilizer. You know what I'm talking about? I slung fertilizer all up in the porch, <laughs> on the street, in the carport, the driveway. I, I had the luscious driveway, of course, in the neighborhood. <laughs> I was fertilizing everything. Well, this, this, is, this, this is kind of the way this sower is sowing seed. He is just extremely extravagant. And you get the sense that Jesus is intentional about telling us how lavish this sower is. Slinging seeds here and there. And some of the seeds land on a path where the birds come and eat it. So those seeds aren't growing any wheat at all. Some land on rocky ground, not much soil, not much depth to the soil. So when the sun comes up, it just withers it all away. The little thing dies because it has no roots. Another category falls among thorns. There are weeds in the garden. The thorns strangle and choke the little plants, and they don't yield anything either. And finally, and thankfully, Some of this lavish slinging of seeds lands on good soil. Well, up until the end, the original hearers are probably bored with this story because there's not much. I mean, of course, if it lands on the path and the birds eat it, there's no surprise. Until you get to the end, and the surprise is the yield. The seeds that land in good soil probably, normally, would have yielded about 4 to 10%. But 
But this harvest is a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. That's a bunch of wheat. And Jesus ends by saying, if you have ears, hear. Well, apparently, a lot of his makeshift congregation didn't have ears because they didn't understand it. And this is pretty rare, right? Because, as we were saying, Jesus uses common images and common things of every day to explain the parables. And most of the time when Jesus preaches a parable, folks say, huh, I get it. But this time, his improvised congregation doesn't get it. I've had this experience. I've got a little of it going right now. Where you just preach it up a storm and you get this dead eye look back. Like, I, I hear him talking. I just don't know. <laughs> so, Jesus loops back and tells them, this is what I meant. This is what the four kinds of seed and soil are like, Okay. Number one, some seeds fall on a path and birds come and eat them. This is the symbol of what happens when the evil one comes and snatches what is started in somebody's heart. And number two, some fall on rocky ground. They hear the good news, they get all excited, they start sprouting, they buy a new study Bible, but the ground is rocky, no good soil, no root system, when the hot weather comes, trouble, persecution, it withers away. He explains the third one. Some get choked with weeds and thorns. They care more about the values of this culture than they care about the values of the gospel. Cares of this age, lures of wealth, Jesus says. He says the greed just chokes out the fundamental generosity that's inherent to the gospel. These little plants just get choked and they don't yield a thing. But some land in good soil. They hear the good news. They understand it, embrace it, grow toward the sunlight. Their lives start bearing fruit. They're dropping seeds everywhere. Their lives are marked by abundance, hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Well, I suppose that any of these soils could be a sermon in itself. Because we all recognize ourselves don't we? A little bit of ourselves in all four groups. We certainly know friends in each of these categories. You know people who their seed fell on the path and some evil came and snatched it away. Their potential abundance never happened because it just got snatched by addiction or some secret or a cruel partner. Some evil just snatched all of their potential away. You know people who never got to live an abundant harvest because they were just too greedy. Fame and money and power and cares of this age and it just choked out everything. And you and I have been to the funeral 
where not a lot of people showed up. And the reception was at the country club. The preacher said over and over, what a fine car he drove. That's about all he had to say. Some people's lives just get choked out by thorns. But we don't have time for four sermons. We've got time for one sermon. So I'm going to talk about the seed and the soil that will not let me go. I have been irritated and bothered by the seed that landed on rocky ground and didn't have enough soil and didn't have enough root system to survive. Maybe I'm haunted by that line in the parable because of my own inclination to start and stop and start and stop, and I might not be the only one in the room. For instance, I imagine about six different times I have started uh, to journal. I thought it would be a good spiritual practice to journal. And I bought leather-bound journals and lined pages, and I journaled. I wrote my thoughts and my yearnings and my prayers, and I wrote deep and serious ponderings for about three weeks. That's about all I had to do. It just went away. And dare I admit my weight and fitness habits, how many starts and stops have I had? How many times have I joined a gym and just worked out like a fiend? Sore for a week, couldn't move. I'm I'm putting low-fat peanut butter on rice cakes. (laughs) Counting out shredded wheat. Taking cabbage soup for lunch. And five weeks later, I'm hitting the snooze button. Saying, you know, I really do need the rest more than I need the exercise. And five weeks later, I'm back to ordering the chicken and waffles. Could I have some extra butter and syrup on that, please? Jesus said there is a certain kind of person who hears the Word and immediately receives it with joy, volunteers at the church and orders a prayer journal and buys a modern translation, downloads a daily devotional app, cooks meals for vacation Bible school, agrees to serve on the missions committee, and, uh, and then Jesus says such a person has no root, endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises, that person immediately falls away. Some of you know the name Eugene Peterson. Dr. Peterson uh, is the one who translated the message uh, translation of the Scriptures. And he's also written a lot of books while serving as a full-time pastor. I don't understand how people do that, but he's one of those who's a full-time pastor and writes a lot of really good books. One of his books is an a exploration of, of biblical passages intended as a resource for Christian discipleship. And the title of this book he took from a line from Reinhold Niebuhr. The title of his book, Long Obedience in the Same Direction. 
Isn't that a great phrase? A long obedience in the same direction. Not, not the seed that springs up quickly with no depth of soil, the, the hottest new religious podcast, the hippest church in town, the bestseller at the Christian bookstore, and then just nothing. But discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction. We all have slips and falls and seasons of doubt and broken stretches of attendance and all that, that happens. But the mature faith is built on a long obedience in the same direction. Discipleship means we just keep coming back. We return. The arc of our faith is still moving toward maturity. There, there are starts and stops, mistakes and horrible betrayals. But we get up the next day and restart the disciplines that lead in the direction of maturity. We don't worship when we feel like it. We worship because it's part of the disciplined life. It's part of that long obedience. We don't pray and read our Bible and study when it strikes us any more than an athlete goes on to swimming practice when she feels like it. The long obedience is a constant recommitment to the values and disciplines of the kingdom. And when the seed falls on good soil, good soil has depth. Good soil is the kind of life where roots grow slowly and silently. And when the storms come, the lives that are planted in good soil can weather it. And seeds in good soil are growing in this long obedience. They're not all frothed up by the trends and the seminars and the faith celebrities. Good soil, roots, a long obedience in the same direction. And Jesus says that not only will these plants survive, not only will they endure the storms, but they bear fruit. Their lives generate. They produce a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Their lives are marked by abundance and blessing. It's summertime, I know. There, there are a lot of distractions this time. But I hope this week will for you be marked by prayer. Even if you don't feel like it. Even if you think God's not listening right now. Even if you are in a season of doubt. Even if you wonder if prayer even makes a difference. I still hope you'll pray. Because that's what the disciplined life has for us. This week, I hope you'll make a generous contribution to this church. It's not too late. There's one of those little things right here. You, you, you use your phone. You can make a real big generous contribution before you leave. 
I hope you do it if you don't even feel generous at all. I hope you'll have the courage to generate some act of kindness this week. Maybe somebody needs a ride to the doctor. Maybe somebody needs an encouraging note. You might not feel kindness at all. Sometimes I don't. I hope you'll read your Bible this week. Because reading your Bible helps the roots to grow. And only if you've got a good root system can you survive the storms. And I hope to see you next Sunday. Right back here, 11 o'clock, we'll worship together. And I hope you'll be here whether you feel like it or not. Because some Sundays we don't. But ours is a long obedience in the same direction. Right? It's the only way our lives are going to bear fruit and bless others and make a difference in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.